Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! Welcome to episode 172. Oh, that's the Murray Dixon episode. Hey, Murray. Murray Dixon, the former big league pitcher for the Cardinals and the Pirates back in the 40s and 50s. You know, Murray was a 20-game winner in 1951 with Pittsburgh, and then the next three years... He led the National League in losses. <laughs> <laughs> One of those types of records. Yeah. Finished with a career record of 172 and 181. So longevity was on his side. He pitched until he was 42 years old. But Murray Dixon is our man that we dedicate episode 172. As we record this, it's a Monday, December the 9th. How was your weekend, Chuck Freebie? Busy. Yeah. Busy with uh, lots of chores around the house. Busy with lots of college football. Um, then watched some college hockey last night. So we have plenty to talk about. Uh, will you be celebrating Weary Willie Day today, Chuck Freeman? What in the world is that? It's a famous clown that was around during the Great well, Depression. Well, you know I'm not celebrating that. <laughs> uh, we can cut that conversation right there. <laughs> I kind of knew that that's the comment or response I was going to get. So no Weary Willie Day? No. All right. Let me put that in no uncertain terms for you. <laughs> No. Are you tweeting that no? No, I'm not. All right. Big day of college football, so let's start there. Okay, the college football playoff selection process has happened, and it was affected greatly by what happened over the weekend. When we last joined you on Friday, we were waiting for the Pac-12 championship game. Well, Oregon clobbered Utah, knocked them out of contention. That left the winner of the Big 12 championship game a chance to get into the playoffs, assuming LSU would beat Georgia. LSU manhandled Georgia. Ed Orgeron's team looked really good. And so that meant the winner of the Big 12 championship game was going to get a shot in the college football playoff. It went into overtime. Oklahoma wins in overtime. And so Jalen Hurts, who began his career at Alabama playing for Nick Saban, will now go to his fourth college football playoff, this time with his second team. And Oklahoma gets the number four seed. Clemson 
destroyed Virginia in the ACC championship game, as everybody knew they would. The ACC has been a train wreck this year. Uh, So Clemson motors on through that conference without a problem. They're the three seed. Ohio State was down by 14 points at halftime of the Big Ten championship game to Wisconsin. And Ryan Day made some adjustments, got his team back on track. Buckeyes wound up winning by double figures again down in Indianapolis. But because they struggled somewhat in that first half, they dropped from the one seed to the two seed. So it's Ohio State and Clemson in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl on December 28th. That's one semifinal. And your number one seed is Ed Orgeron and the LSU Tigers. Ed, who needs closed captioning every time he talks, and his Tiger squad with Joe Burrow, who will probably win the Heisman Trophy Saturday, will take on Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl December 28th. Did uh, the boys ever have a PS4, PS3, PlayStation? Somebody had a PlayStation, yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember who. I enjoyed that. I had the one and the two back in the day. But uh, we are now an Xbox family, for those of you keeping score. Well, who wouldn't be? So what do you think if you were to make some some sort of uh, betting moment here? You know, it's a big thing now around here, betting. I I would take LSU and I would take Clemson based on Clemson's experience in big games and the fact that I think Trevor Lawrence is a terrific college quarterback. And I think... uh, LSU and Clemson in the championship game, and I like LSU. All right. How about Notre Dame and the other teams around our listening area? Well, Notre Dame will play on the same day as the college football playoff. They'll be the leading game, taking on Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl. Thoughts? Well, Notre Dame is 10-2, and two, and there's a lot of Irish fans who say, well, we should be in a much better bowl because we're 10-2. and two. Again, you go back and you look at the college football playoff rankings. Notre Dame's best win is against an 8-4 and four USC team. They haven't beaten anybody that good. So you kind of get your just desserts when you don't beat anybody that good. And now you're in the Camping World Bowl, and I know Iowa State does not move the needle whatsoever for Irish fans. It's the first time they've ever played the Cyclones. They're 7-5. and five. You look at them, and you, but you look at their schedule and who they've played and who they've lost to, They lost by one to Iowa. They lost by two to Baylor. They lost by less than a touchdown to Oklahoma. So a competitive team. They've been very competitive against top 25 competition, which is one reason that Notre Dame is only a a three-and-a-half-point favorite entering this game on December 28th. Uh, Iowa State's got a very good sophomore quarterback by the name of Brock Purdy. They have pretty good balance on offense. Their coach, Matt Campbell, is known for his offense. Uh, But they have played pretty good defense against teams like Iowa, Baylor. Now, Oklahoma lit them up a little bit, but that was more of a shootout. Um, And Oklahoma does that to a lot of teams. So this is not a walkover game for Notre Dame. Although I think somebody summed it up pretty well when they said it's it's very appropriate for the season for the Irish because if they win, nobody will give them that much credit for it. If they lose, it'll be an epic disaster because you lost to a 7-5 and five Iowa State team that nobody will give as much credit to as they probably should. Michigan and Alabama on New Year's Day at the Citrus Bowl. Now that screams New Year's Day, doesn't it? Yes. Michigan and Alabama. 
Boy, Alabama really did kind of pay a price for that three-point loss to Auburn with their backup quarterback. You know, the, the Crimson Tide, which has had the benefit of the doubt sometimes in the college play, football playoff selections, given no benefit of the doubt here, they were knocked all the way down to number 13 by the playoff committee. And they'll play the 14th-ranked Maize and Blue. Now, I think Alabama's going to clean their clock, but we'll see. <laughs> Indiana plays Tennessee in the Gator Bowl January 2nd. Everybody all day yesterday thought, including myself, that it was going to be IU and Kentucky. And apparently uh, there was a lot of uh, lobbying within the Southeastern Conference yesterday between Tennessee and Kentucky as to who was going to go where. And Tennessee won out. They got the Gator Bowl. And so they'll take on the Hoosiers January 2nd. Boy, what a year it's been for Tom Allen. We told you Friday about that new contract deal that he got. Seven years, averaging $4 million a year. Pretty good deal. And he'd love to put the capper on this season. Do you put him in the top five highest paid college no, coaches now? No, he's not in the top five. Okay. Yeah, which shows wow. you shows you what college football has become. So IU gets that. Michigan State goes to the Pinstripe Bowl. Spartans will take on Wake Forest. And Western Michigan is headed to the First Responder Bowl in Dallas to take on Western Kentucky. Now, I will grant you, that's not an attractive matchup for most of us. But kudos to the Broncos because usually a MAC team, and in fact Eastern Michigan, is headed to the Quick Lane Bowl at Ford Field in Detroit. Would you rather go to Detroit or to Dallas? Yeah. I think I'd rather go to Dallas. Yeah, Kalamazoo, Michigan representing. Great for the Broncos. Yeah. Good for them. So that's the the local bowl picture. As for the New Year's six games, uh, Oregon and Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, Georgia and Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. That could be a very entertaining game. Uh, you've got the Cotton Bowl. We'll have Penn State and Memphis, which was the best of the Power Five te- or the group of five teams. And then... The Orange Bowl is Florida and Virginia. And you might say, well, Uncle Chuck, why is this Virginia team that just got beat by 46 by Clemson and beaten by Notre Dame, why are they going to the Orange Bowl and Notre Dame going to the Camping World Bowl? Because Virginia is in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and the ACC has the full tie-in with the Orange Bowl. So because Clemson went to the playoff, Virginia, the number two team in the league, gets to go to the Orange Bowl. If Notre Dame were fully membered in the ACC, which they're not, then they would be in the Orange Bowl. Any talk of what kind of uh, payout this uh, this uh, Camping World Bowl is going to provide? Uh, I'm not sure. It's it, Usually a bowl like that's around a million. Okay. Which is probably what it costs to bring everybody. Well, yeah, because they bring a lot of people. Yeah, right. Uh, This is also that time of year, Chuck, when uh, hirings and firings and moving around, management uh, changes, coaching changes. Why don't you give us an update on that? Well, Memphis loses its head coach, Mike Norvell, to Florida State. He's going to be the new coach of the Seminoles. This may cause a shakeup in the Irish staff because Chip Lawn is a former offensive coordinator at Memphis, and many believe that he may be one of the favorites to become the new Tigers head coach. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Lane Kiffin, here's a name that's been around college football and professional football for a while. 
You remember Lane Kiffin? He was a coach at Tennessee. He was a coach at USC. He was a coach of the Los Angeles Raiders for the while. Recently, he's been down at Florida Atlantic. And now, after having a very successful year and winning the conference at Florida Atlantic, he's back in the Southeastern Conference. He'll be the new head coach at Mississippi. One thing about Lane Kiffin, he does attract attention wherever he goes. So Mississippi football will be on TV a couple of times just because they'll want to see what happens with him. He's very good offensively. There's always questions about Lane Kiffin's defense. Uh, Arkansas hires Georgia's offensive line coach to be its new head coach. Uh, You've got the name there in front of you. Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman. And uh, the reason that's important for Notre Dame fans is Arkansas comes to South Bend next year. They have been awful, a doormat of the SEC for the last couple of years. So we'll see what he's able to do to turn it around. He's got the reputation of being a very good recruiter. And then Missouri uh, hires the head coach at Appalachian State, Eli uh, Drink Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz. And uh, he will be the new head coach of the Tigers. So a lot of moving and shaking yesterday in the college football coaching ranks. Anybody uh, that you wanted to see or like you – they didn't make a bowl game. How about that? They got left out at all? You're like, oh, I – I thought this team would have been in there. Everybody makes a bowl game, man. Yeah. There's 42 bowl games. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Auburn playing? I have friends that love them some Auburn. See, now, if you're going to ask me these questions, dude, <laughs> just going to refer you to the ESPN website. I figure you had them all memorized. You know, like you did all our questions last Wednesday. Well, uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't. You don't have to look it up. Yeah, because I don't think we have too many people listening that really care where Auburn is going. <laughs> the Sports Yak Podcast is powered by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. Also by Pyramid Equipment. Be prepared this winter season by checking the condition of your snow removal equipment. Pyramid Equipment is a locally owned business in Rolling Prairie, Indiana that sells, services, and installs residential and commercial grade snow plows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid Equipment is your trusted dealer of Meyer and Snow Dog products. Old man winter's ready. Are you? Service discount for military, fire, and police available. Call 800-833-2591. Or find them on the web at PyramidEquipmentInc.com. Follow the Sports Yak on social media. Sports Yak with two Ks on Twitter and Instagram. Let's talk about the NFL yesterday. Quite a, quite a, uh, the NFL-type game yesterday between the Saints and the, the uh, 49ers. My Boy, goodness. that was a classic, wasn't it? The 49ers wind up winning that one over the Saints by a count of 48-46. to 46. And uh, what a ball game that was. I didn't have a chance to watch very much of it, but Jimmy Garoppolo leading his team to a last-second victory over New Orleans, and that really helps the 49ers in their playoff push last night because the Rams beat the Seahawks last night on Sunday Night Football. So San Francisco back in first in the NFC West. New Orleans has already clinched the NFC South, but it does affect the seeding. They're now down to the number three seed in the NFC playoffs. The Colts, you can stick a fork in them. They're done. They lose yesterday to Tampa Bay, 38-35. Defense was woeful. 
Jameis Winston throws for four touchdowns against them. That should not happen. That should not happen. And Jacoby Brissett's decision-making down the stretch, again, just head-scratching. There are times where you... Greg Doyle, the fine columnist for the Indianapolis Star, mentioned this yesterday. There are times where you immediately want to sign Jacoby Brissett to a 10-year extension, and there are times that you want to cut him. And they usually happen within the same game. So I watched highlights of the 49ers-Saints game, and I'll say this. You know what it reminded me of? When uh, the reporter asked uh, Harbaugh about the talent level between Michigan and Ohio State, yeah, watching that game of those two talented people, it's like you've got your Bears that we like to watch, mm-hmm. and then you've got this higher elite. Yeah, my exactly. goodness, it's there's such a world of difference. And I mean, that's again, that's the reason Notre Dame's in the Camping World Bowl and not in the college football playoff. And, yeah, it it stems over to the pro scene as well. You have your haves and you have your have-nots. And right now the Bears are at a second level of football. They're not a playoff-caliber team. Let's turn to basketball, Chuck Freeby. (laughs) Well, the Notre Dame women, and let's put it this way, this was probably about the worst week of on-court, on-field, on-rink performance for Notre Dame teams that I've seen in a long time. Mm. Mike Bray's squad loses at home to Boston College on Saturday afternoon uh, before a rather tepid crowd at Purcell Pavilion. Yes, the Irish had an injury to recover from, from Robbie Carmody. But Boston College is not one of the power brokers in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And you cannot lose home games to this team and be competitive in the ACC. So there's a big red flag up for the Fighting Irish men. IU, by the way, lost on the road in its Big Ten opener on Saturday. Rather lackluster performance against Wisconsin. We'll see if the Hoosiers can bounce back tomorrow night as they play in the Jimmy V Classic against UConn. You can hear that game at 9 p.m. on Pulse FM 103.1 here in South Bend. Purdue, meanwhile, had the benefit of playing Northwestern, played them at home, and won their Big Ten opener. Boilermakers have played exceptionally good defense here for the last week, beating Virginia and Northwestern in the same week. So things are looking up down in West Lafayette. As for the women's side, the Irish women, I I think you can start to say you wonder if they're even going to make the NCAA tournament this year. Now, granted, they're playing a a powerful UConn team yesterday. UConn's ranked number four in the country. They're undefeated. They're everything you expect UConn to be. And it was never close. The Irish lose that one by a count of 81-57 to 57 yesterday. Muffin McGraw's team now 5-6. and six. And DePaul comes a call in the Purcell Pavilion. That's another top 25 team. So it could be a very long year for the Irish women which is to be expected when you lose your entire starting lineup to the WNBA. Michigan State men won yesterday over Rutgers 77-65. Cassius Winston doing Cassius Winston things, 23 points, 7 assists. Tom Izzo's team will probably drop a little bit in the polls this week because of the loss to Duke earlier in the week, but uh, Sparty is what you would expect them to be in the Big Ten. You were talking about Notre Dame having a woeful weekend. Let's jump to hockey super quick so we can 
finish out the Notre Dame speak. Took my bride to the hockey game last night. They were playing Boston College. They went out to BC on Friday night and got spanked for nothing. The two teams fly back here and had a Sunday evening matinee at the Compton Family Ice Arena. And you would think after getting spanked for nothing, you would come out, you would be on fire, you would be emotional, you would want to play against your one of your big rivals. 46 seconds into the game, it's one nothing Boston College. By the time the first period is over, it's 3 nothing Eagles. They're peppering the Irish net. Notre Dame's not getting any kind of scoring opportunities. Finally, Trevor Janicki gets a goal to make it 4-1 in the second period. You're kind of waiting to see if the Irish could get some tallies early in the third and make a game of it. That did not happen. Boston College completely outskates Notre Dame yesterday and wins 6-1. Jeff Jackson's team at one time, ranked number three in the nation, has now lost five straight and shows no signs of having any idea of how to turn it around. Now, I'll grant you, Boston College is a very good hockey team. They're ranked in the top ten. Jerry York is a Hall of Fame coach, but that was not what I was expecting to see from a Jeff Jackson squad yesterday, and I'm sure he's incredibly disappointed. Blackhawks lose yesterday to Arizona in a shootout 4-3. Boy, the Blackhawks are such a mercurial team. I mean, they go to Boston last week and beat them on Thursday night uh, 4-3 in overtime with Jonathan Taze getting the game winner in that one. And you think, here they go, playing one of the NHL's better teams on the road and beating them in their own rink. Mm -hmm. And then they come home and lose to the Coyotes yesterday? I mean, come on. Just no consistency whatsoever from Jeremy Collinson's team right now. So uh, the struggle is real for the Blackhawks, and one wonders if they'll make the playoffs this year. Let's chat about the NBA real quick. Well, the Bulls lose to the Heat last night, one twenty to one or one uh, one ten to one hundred five. Excuse me. All right. And uh, there's a rookie for Miami, Tyler Harrow, winds up scoring twenty seven points, including sixteen of their last eighteen, which tells you where the Bulls are defensively. They're really not a good basketball team. They had won a couple in a row against weaker com- competition like Sacramento and Golden State, but. Now when you have to play anybody that is uh, of semi-quality, Chicago's not going to win those games. My son-in-law is a huge Bulls fan. Nothing wrong with that, but, I mean, there's really nothing to see. It's not like being a big Bulls fan 25 years ago. That's right. And so my daughter was home over the weekend asking me what games or games should I send him to for for Christmas. And I said, honey, here's the best part about being a Bulls fan in 2019-2020. You can get them to a decent game against another opponent for a decent price tag. Yeah. You're kind of looking at the other team more than you actually are the Bulls. Right. You know? Like, my son has an affection for Zion Williamson, so I'm looking at a Pelicans game. Right. You know? But the price tag is nothing like it used to be Oh no! in the mid-90s there, where you, you just don't go to a Bulls game. You does know? You does Luke in. have a preferred college team? Purdue. Okay, so maybe you look at the Celtics when they come to Chicago. Carson Edwards playing for Boston. That makes sense. That would be a team that he might have some interest okay, in as I'll well. Okay, I'll pass that along. All right. We've blown through the list, buddy boy. Well, the Baseball Veterans Committee elected two members to the Hall of Fame yesterday. One is a former player by the name of Ted Simmons. Ted Simmons was a catcher for the Cardinals 
in the 70s, then got sent to the Brewers, and he was with them in the 80s. I believe played on their World Series team in 1982 against the Cardinals. And a very quality catcher. I think he hit about 248 homers in his career. Um, Eight-time All-Star. The interesting thing about Ted Simmons was, um, well, there's a couple interesting things about him. Number one, uh, Ted Simmons, the first time he was up to get in the Hall of Fame on the writer's ballot, only got 3% of the vote. And if you don't get 5% of the vote, you're knocked off the ballot. When was this? This was back in the 90s. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, now we have all these analytics that people use and can apply to past players. And one of the analytics is a stat called wins above replacement. In other words, how uh, how many wins better than the average person at this position during his time was Ted Simmons. And Ted Simmons has like a 59 wins above replacement um, stat for his career, which means that through his career, the analysts feel like he probably won his game team five games a year on his own hmm. throughout his big league career. Wow. Well, that's you know that's an impressive number, yes. and there aren't too many catchers above fifty, and all the other catchers with a wins above replacement number of over fifty are in the Hall of Fame. So I'm sure the Veterans Committee looked at this and looked at Ted Simmons' career and said, "Okay, you can you can make a case for him going in the Hall of Fame," and they put him in. Uh, the other interesting thing about Ted Simmons was. He was vehemently against the war in Vietnam and one of the few major league players to kind of actively protest during that time, um, which may have alienated him against from some and might have been the reason that he didn't get the 5% from the writers. I'm not sure about that, but anyway. Ted Simmons going in the Hall of Fame. The other person selected to the Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday is Marvin Miller. Marvin Miller never played on the field. Marvin Miller was the first Players Union president uh, in history. Hmm. And Marvin Miller, uh, one of the great quotes about him in the past was, any player who signs a lucrative contract, the first thing you should do is sign his contract. The second thing you should do is sign a thank you note to Marvin Miller. Marvin Miller was responsible for the average baseball salary going from 17000 a year when he took over as head of the Players Union to 450000 a year. And do you know what the average player's salary is now, Corey, in <laughs> Major League Baseball? $4 million a year. But that all goes back to Marvin Miller lobbying for free agency, um, using his legal expertise to help guide the players' union, and not being afraid to go to bat against the authority figures in Major League Baseball, mainly Bowie Kuhn, who was the commissioner at the time. So, yeah, I think, I think there is room in the Hall of Fame for people like Marvin Miller because he made an impact on baseball. Yes. It's a great story. Now, there were other people. Remember, we had the guest a while back that was big on Dale Murphy 
trying trying to get Dale Murphy into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not get three votes from the Veterans Committee. Uh, the person who had the most votes from the Veterans Committee that did not get in this time is a Red Sox outfielder by the name of Dwight Evans. I think Dwight Evans, you can make a case for him in the Hall of Very Good. I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. Okay. The Hall of Very Good. When is that? Uh, uh, that is that yeah. being built anytime soon? I, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, shoot. Now, what was your, you're wearing your Star Wars Mandalorian shirt today. Happy early Merry Christmas to me. Um, That episode aired Friday. Yes. Thoughts. Featuring uh, Amy Sedaris. Okay. You remember her? She's been on yeah. Letterman a oh, yeah. number of times. Her, yeah. her brother's the, the writer, isn't he? David, David Sedaris. Sedaris. I, I read a couple of David Sedaris books in yeah. my time. I think he's very funny. He's an acquired taste. Yes. It's amazing how pop culture has gravitated towards this baby Yoda to where they wanted toys for Christmas time, but they didn't want to give the toy companies the pulling back of the curtain to go, here's what's coming in the story. So, you know, we're getting, uh, hey, this toy's going to be out. You know, you can pre-buy it, and it comes out February 2020. Trust me, if you hang out for one year, it's all we're going to see next year as far as ornaments and T-shirts and yada this and yada that. I got this Or from Yoda a, this and Yoda, Yoda that. that. Good one, Chuck Freebie. But I got this, and you'll notice this was this was early. Mm-hmm. There's no baby Yoda on this bad boy There's at all. not. So, and I asked what the story behind this was. They said, well, they ordered it before this the show actually started. Why is the shark from Jaws on there? Where's that at? Over uh, on, keep going down. There you go. Is that the shark from Jaws? <laughs> no, that's a it's a pretty big monster that 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 Nick Nolte character is riding. I have spoken. Yes, I like the show. I like it a lot. Uh, what else did you see? You saw a movie over the weekend, or at least you were having a movie discussion with somebody on your social media. Uh, oh wow, the Marriage Story with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Okay. It's a two-hour movie about a divorce, but it's bi-coastal. She wants to be in California. He wants to be in New York. And they've got a seven-year-old that gets caught in the middle. And um, strip away the storyline. Amazing performances. I mean, the arguments and the trying to maneuver the messiness of a divorce. Then add in the divorce. I mean, the, the arguments... We've all had them as married couples. These hit close to home. Mm. And sometimes you survive. And sometimes, you know, you got to call in legal help and and how expensive it is. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, it was uh, it, it was tough to watch at certain times. But it, but it just, I mean, the performances were. I like Adam Driver just because Mishawaka, Indiana. Right. This dude is a hot one. And, and I think he's. He does a good job in a variety of roles. Yes. He's kind of adapted that one for them, one for me. One I, for them, one for me. I liked him in Black Klansman. I've, I saw pieces of it, but you like the whole thing? Yeah. The movie? Okay. I liked him. Uh, yeah, he's in a couple things that I've liked him in. He's actually really funny. Yes. You know, he's he was got, good when he was on SNL. Yeah, great comedic timing. So this is a tough one, and uh, our mutual friend Joe pushed back on, "Eh, I thought it was this, and I said, well, sometimes you look at a movie as a 
uh, a stepping point for conversation. You know, mm-hmm. let's let which ended up with he and his wife. She's like, man, you know, this and this and lawyers. And it's like, well, let's just not get divorced. <laughs> that, <laughs> there you go. There's that. Uh, that's on Netflix, and it got a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, apparently, the weekend numbers were pretty good okay. as far as watches. Yeah, that's all. Well, I watched a couple other things. I don't want to throw myself too far into the bus with the Hallmark Christmas movie. No, I mean. I can sit here and make fun of you if you want. Um, the fact of the matter is you did it for a good cause. Your wife was suffering from the flu. You were yes. trying to cheer her up. You sat through a Hallmark movie. Good for you. That's about that's about <laughs> all that our audience really wants to hear about that story, probably. I tell you what, uh, I'm amazed at the new workout equipment they're rolling out in this day and age. The It's almost like they took a big screen TV and they've turned it sideways so it's more vertical and you're working out while you're watching someone else work out. Like, mm-hmm. it's the, what's the pen, pendle? Peloton. Peloton. <laughs> like, the Peloton on the bike, this is for, like, a stand-up workout whatever attached to your yeah. wall. I'm not going to be doing that anytime soon. I, I was going to say, I'm su- that is the first and probably last time that I'll hear you talk <laughs> about a workout. But Just amazing what they come up with that they think, this will sell. People are going to buy this. This is great. Every alpha male's like, why is our TV turned sideways on the side of the... Well, you got to buy um, a thing now, and you can turn it sideways. So you tilting can, mount. A yes. tilting mount. Yeah, No, we're not doing that. This feels good for a Monday episode. We covered a lot of ground. We did cover a lot of ground. We always uh, welcome your comments and your questions. You can send those into the Sports Yak with two Ks at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us. We love when you tweet at us at the Sports Yak with two Ks. You're on the Twitter as well, right? I am at 46 Sports. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga. Heine Manouche. You've been listening to Sports Yak with Chuck Freeby and Corey Mann as himself. Produced by Corey Mann. Production elements and voiceovers by AudibleGenesis.com. Engineered by Phil Souza. Executive producer is Danae Hughes in partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Interested in your own podcast? Contact Danae at Danae at StudioDNA.media. Sports Yak archives available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. Everybody get out of here! There's a lobster loose! Oh, holy cow, he's loose! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.